Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's sports from a kid's point of view. This is Behind the Line on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, here is your host. Thank you. Welcome to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie, and our topic today will be on the history of spring training, the facilities, and the best places to get autographs from your favorite players. The best evidence we have of when the idea of spring training was first started is leading way back to 1870. That's when the Chicago White Stockings, yes, White Stockings, and the Cincinnati Red Stockings held organized baseball camps in New Orleans. But the ritual of spring training in places other than where the teams normally trained began in 1920. So what really is spring training, and why do we have it? Well, spring training is a series of games and practices before the regular season begins. It helps coaches decide what players will be on the roster, and it tries out players to see who's best at which position. Spring training is also good for players to try out for starting roles for when the season begins. But to make it even better, baseball fans have been able to see their favorite teams play up close in warm climates for years. For spring training, there are two leagues, the Grapefruit League, who spring trains in Florida, and the Cactus League who spring trains in Arizona. The leagues are named after plants that are most found in those two states. And if you're wondering why these two states are the ones that hold spring training, then the answer has to be great weather. The average temperature in Phoenix during March is 76 degrees, and the average temperature in Florida during March is 70 degrees, depending on what area of Florida you're in. So. You can see that is why it is such a nice place to be for all of your baseball experiences. Spring training typically lasts for two months. It begins in the middle of February for pitchers and catchers, and then through the end of March with the first regular season game, typically beginning the first week of April. Pitchers and catchers report to spring training first because they have the most excruciating positions, so they need extra time to get all of their practice in. Then come the position players, and then the team begins to practice. Now, let's talk numbers. Statistics are recorded in spring training games, but are not combined with the regular season games. So if your team sets records or has unusual but magnificent occurrences that would have made history have been th or have been thought of as remarkable in a regular game, would have passed by very little noticed. Like, for instance, on March 14th of 2000, the Red Sox used six pitchers to achieve a 5-0 perfect game victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. A perfect game would be thought of as an amazing accomplishment during the regular season, but it doesn't count for spring training. Statistics, however, are used to assign starting roles and roster spots for the players. Some people don't want to go to spring training games because they don't think the big players will be played. They will be saved for the start of the season. But really, the big draw of spring training is the superstars are playing. 
So if you want to see your favorite players, then this is the great these are great places to go. In truth, there will be many players who aren't all-stars being played, so they can practice and be determined for a starting role. But that's not all. Now, here's some facts about spring training. Before and after MLB reached the West Coast, a number of teams spring trained in the borders of California. Spring training teams that train in Florida play against other teams training in Florida, regardless of if they play them in the regular season or not. The concept of spring training isn't just known in the United States, but it is spread around so even the Japanese pro baseball leagues have adopted it, and preseason game sites across East Asia like South Korea, Philippines, Taiwan, and the Pacific Islands. The players all throughout spring training wear their batting practice uniforms, and only when it is the beginning or opening day do they wear their jerseys. Spring training is a highly attended event. In 2008, 3.7 million people attended spring training. That's about 8,000 people per game. It has a great fan atmosphere, and that's why people go. So check out some of these great players and great fans at some of these great spring training sites. To start off the spring training sites, I'll first tell you about where the Atlanta Braves spring train. They train at Champion Stadium in Lake Buena Vista. The stadium is located at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in the resort. The stadium was built in 1997, and the Braves will be there for its 13th season this year. The stadium was originally known as the Cracker Jack Stadium. Frito-Lay had purchased the naming rights for 10 years when it was first built and put the Cracker Jacks brand on the stadium. After the 10 years, they decided not to renew the naming rights, and during most of 2007, it was referred to as the ballpark at Disney's Wide World of Sports. The Haynes brand then purchased the rights to the stadium on November 1st of the year of that year and put its champion brand on the stadium for 10 years. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie, and our topic today is on the spring training sites in the Grapefruit League and the Cactus Leagues. Let's continue on Champion Stadium, where the Atlanta Braves spring train. This stadium is one of the nicest and the largest spring training stadiums in the Grapefruit League, with 9,500 double-deck seats, a green hill to lounge on, and the park is extremely clean. But what more did you expect from a park being right next to Disney World? There are also four luxury boxes and two open-air suites, wide concourses pleasant for milling around, and on top of all of that, there's great entertainment. There is a large scoreboard, which has a space for miles per hour readout of each pitch thrown and the spring training batting average of each hitter. Both of those two statistics are rarely shown at a spring training ballpark. The scoreboard is also loaded with fireworks, and it doesn't matter if the Braves win or lose a postgame, but the fireworks display allows a great finale. A four-piece brass band climbs on top of the Braves' dugout to play. A roving MC asks trivia questions to randomly selected fans to win prizes. And there's also a gift shop for all of your Braves' memorabilia. If you're interested in autographs at this stadium, 
then they're pretty limited for the home team. But visiting team players will sign for fans in the berm, which is close to their dugout. Your only real chance of getting a Braves player autograph is to wait down the first baseline in the sections beyond the infield. This is where the Braves players are stretching, and only if you're lucky will they sign autographs. But the best place to actually get autographs is after the game outside the stadium. If you walk over to the baseball quadruplex, where the Braves usually practice between the stadium and practice field number five, a few players will come over to the fence and sign for the fans gathered there. This park sounds so great, and if you happen to be at Disney World this spring, I would definitely recommend you try and take a day off and head over to this ballpark for some great spring training fun. The next stadium on my list is the Ed Smith Stadium that gives you the Baltimore Orioles. This will be Baltimore's second year at this stadium, which was built in 1989. The stadium was the winter home to the Cincinnati Reds from 1998 to 2009 until they moved to Goodyear, Arizona to train. There are 7,500 seats that cover over 53 acres of land. It has a national reputation as a premier baseball facility. Over 70,000 fans visit, visit this stadium each year. Sarasota's ballpark has an indoor concourse and second floor that features extra concessions. The Ed Smith Stadium has a long history of spring training baseball, dating back to 1920. If you want a classic baseball experience, then this is the place to be. And if you want an autograph, then the place, then you should place yourself in the baseline box, section one through six, before or after the game, and you have a good chance of getting a signature from the players because they have to walk past there to get to their clubhouse, which is located behind right field. After the game, you can also hang out in the area that the visiting bus is parked and they will sometimes sign on their way to it. They usually sign before the game in the sections closest to their dugout. The visiting team's bus is parked behind the left field wall, and if you're lucky, a couple of players will sign on their way to it following the game, although they are most likely to sign for fans before the game in the sections closest to their dugout. The very popular Boston Red Sox train at the City of Palms Park in Fort Myers. This will be the Red Sox 19th year spring training here. And since 1946, the Red Sox have done spring training in Florida, but at various stadiums. The park is built in the classic Florida style with main covered grandstand and many palm trees past the outfield fence. The ballpark is named after the city's nickname. Fort Myers was nicknamed the City of Palms after Thomas Edison began importing royal palm trees from Cuba in the early 20th century. He had a winter home in Fort Myers and spent a lot of time there. If you're interested in getting some Red Sox autograph, a small number of players will sign them about 30 minutes or so near the Red Sox dugout toward the left field pole. The closer you are to the dugout, the better chance you have of getting a signature. Getting a post-game autograph is difficult because players enter their clubhouse through a tunnel in their dugout. This park was designed by the same architect that was responsible for Coors Field, home to the Colorado Rockies, Minute Maid Park, home to the Houston Astros, and many of the other new stadiums being built today. So, if you want an autograph for, for
from any of your favorite players from any of the teams, then you have to go to spring training. I'll continue giving more autographs after the break. So let's take a break now. I'm Kylie. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support surprise you behind the line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view this is a look at all of the action from behind the line join your host every wednesday at 3 p.m whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life we'll run down all of the scores talk about the games of the past week and preview what's coming up in the next week you'll want to take notes because this is good stuff the place to be wednesdays at 3 that's 6 p.m eastern is the voice america kids channel for behind the line Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Thank you, and welcome back to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie. Before the break, I was talking about the Red Sox Spring Training Stadium. Let's continue on it. It's at City of Palms Park and has a capacity of 7,800 and has been a hit with fans since the very beginning. The ballpark used to have a capacity of 6,990 in the beginning, but they have added an additional freestanding bleacher section and right field deck, but haven't been able to keep the demand of the diehard fans. The Red Sox have sold out every Grapefruit League game at City of Palms Park since March 16, 2003. During spring training, the Boston Red Sox and the Minnesota Twins, who train at Hammond Stadium, also in Fort Myers, have had a little competition of their own. During spring training, the two teams will play five of the preseason games against each other in a series known as the Mayor's Cup. 
A trophy is then engraved with the winner from the year and displayed at the City of Palms Park. In 2012, the Red Sox will move into a new $80 million ballpark, about 10 miles away from this one. This stadium is expected to have all the latest amenities that the City of Palms Park did not include, including an open concourse, seats with cup holders, a scoreboard with video, many luxury boxes, lots of additional seating to meet the demands of the fans, and at least six practice fields. So tickets are extremely hard to come by, so get them early. The 2009 World Series winners, the New York Yankees, train at the George M. Steinbrenner Field. This will be the Yankees' 16th spring training here. This stadium was named after the Yankees' owner of 37 years, who passed away July 2010. The field is a 31-acre complex with 11,076 seats and has the largest seating capacity in the Grapefruit League. It also has 12 luxury suites. The Yankees have also been the leaders in total attendance each year since they moved to Tampa, and their tickets are the hardest to come by in the Grapefruit League. This park is probably the most difficult to get autographs at. The Yankees who sign do so down the right field line around sections 102 to 103, but you can only get down there if you have a ticket. Steinbrenner Field has its retired Yankees players honored on the wall, and it has the biggest memorabilia store. If you're a Yankees fan, then this is definitely the place to be during spring training. The Minnesota Twins are at Hammond Stadium. This will be their 21st spring training season at this location. In 1991, the Twins had their most successful spring training camp in history, winning a record 21 games and going on that year to win the World Series. The stadium features five full fields and two half fields and a 7,500-seat stadium. There are roomy box seats with great views, affordable concessions, and lots of TV monitors for more action that won't be missed. Another reason why this is a great stadium is because you can have a picnic right next to the bullpen and have photo opportunities and chances to get autographs. So how do you get some autographs at this park, though? Well, the Twins players will sign for their fans who gather at the bottom of section 114 to 115, which are between the dugout and the bullpen. Between their dugout and bullpen. Visiting players will sign their autographs in sections 101 to 102, which are near the dugout and the berm. There are usually not many opportunities for autographs after the game. However, every now and then, if you wait outside the stadium, some Twins players will sometimes come out the clubhouse door, and that is located between the batting cages and the ticket office. Bright House Field is spring training home to 2008 World Series winners, the Philadelphia Phillies. It has been their spring training facility since 2004. This is the spring... This is the Phillies' 65th spring training in Clearwater, Florida, but 7th at this stadium. When the $30 million stadium was built, it was decided that they would take concepts of the Cactus League that had never been done in the Grapefruit League. This $30 million stadium 
has 7,300 fixed seats along with additional 1,500 seats in the grass. There is a Tiki Hut pavilion in the left field and group picnic areas, party suites, and club seats. This stadium is family friendly with a, with a kids play area. This stadium offers a team store, great seats, and concessions, including fan favorite Philly cheesesteaks. This one is definitely a fan favorite, so get your tickets now. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie, and right now we're talking about Bright House Field, which is spring training home to World Series winner in 2008, the Philadelphia Phillies. If you are out for an autograph here of a Phillies player, then you have a pretty good chance of getting one at this park. A group of Phillies players signed before the game for the fans gathered down the left field line in sections 118 to 120. If you want an autograph after the game, they are harder to get, but the best place to be is at the edge of the third base grandstand, where a few players will sign on their way to their clubhouse. Section 104 is where you will want to be if you want to try and get a signature from the visiting team. The 1997 and 2003 World Series winners, the Florida Marlins, play at the Roger Dean Stadium. They will be training there for their ninth year this year. The 2006 World Series winners, the St. Louis Cardinals, share the stadium with them. This will be their 14th year here. The Cardinals have become one of the more popular teams in the Grapefruit League because their move to the Roger Dean Stadium and their long history and tradition. The Roger Dean Stadium is a $28 million spring training complex with 6,806 seats, a luxury skybox, field box, lodge box, and bleacher and grass seats. The stadium is the only two-team facility in Florida but boasts to be one of the most pleasant plazas in front of the park. At this park, you can get many autographs before and sometimes during the game at each team's bullpen. The bullpen in left field has no barriers set up between the benches the pitchers sit on and where the fans sit behind them. This bullpen is used by the Marlins when they are home and is said to be the most player accessible of all the spring training ballparks. You get to be so close you can practically touch the players. The Houston Astros will be playing its 27th year at Osceola County Stadium. This is the smallest ballpark, only seating 5,300, but its main focus is that the players can have access to the fans in a nice environment. It is also a family family friendly stadium because there is a fenced-off playground. This stadium has all chairback seats, lots of restrooms, concession stands, and a souvenir store. Attendance in past years has been about 50 to 60,000 people for the year and 3 to 400 and 3 to 4,000 per game. At this stadium, the home and visiting stadium isn't connected to the dugout so the players have to walk right across with the fans. They will often pose for pictures or sign autographs for you. This park is said to be the best stadium for getting autographs in the Grapefruit League. 
If you want to get an autograph before, after, or even during the game, head over to Autograph Alleys, as they, as they call it, or the patios down each outfield line. The patios are nearby each team's clubhouse, with the Astros in left and the visitors who are in the right. At this park, you also have pretty good access to both bullpens, where the pitchers will sign before and after the games. The players will even sign from the dugout to the foul poles along the fences after the game. Wow, this park sounds great, and even better with all the autograph opportunities. How cool would it go to be this to a game at this stadium and get three or four of your favorite players in a day's autograph? This is definitely one of my favorite stadiums that I would definitely want to go to. The next stadium is the New York Mets, who train at Digital Domain Park and will be there for its 23rd season this year. The Digital Domain Stadium has 7,000 seats and features elevators to take you to most of them. There is a new picnic area and a new children's activities area that is expected to be on site during the games this year. They also have one of the largest jumbotrons in the Grapefruit League and a huge souvenir store that can be entered through the outside of the park. A very unique feature was added to the stadium to keep the bat problem, which the stadium had, under control. The stadium still has bats, however. They hired a bat exterminator to rid the bats of the park, but to give them an alternate, pla alternate place to live. They did not want the bats to be homeless, so St. Lucie County, County created a bat house that has 160 chambers and is 14 feet off the ground for hanging bats. The county says that 10 to 15,000 bats can live in the bat house at one time. So, you say you would like a Mets player's autograph or possibly the visiting team's autograph? Well then, the best spot before the game would be section 122, which is behind the Mets bullpen. You have a better chance of getting one near the bullpen than the dugout. Players will sometimes sign for fans gathered in sections 110. It is really hard to get the visiting team to sign since the bullpen is cut off from the grandstand. Chances of the game are very slim after, after the game are very slim since the tunnels to the clubhouse for both of the teams are through the dugout. Let's take a break. I'm Kylie. Let's keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes, they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune in to Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Thank you, and welcome back to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie. Before the break, I was talking about the Mets and the New York Mets and how they train at Digital Domain Park or what I would like to call the Bat Park, because it used to ha- house all of the bats that used to be in the stadium. But don't worry, fans, they're not there anymore. The Pittsburgh Pirates are the next team on my list. They will be enjoying their 43rd year at the McKechnie Field. This is one of the oldest of the spring training stadiums, being built in 1922. The Pirates will be training here for at least 30 more years, thanks to the park's 6,652 seats and close to the action atmosphere, the attendance gets higher and higher each year. About one-third of the seats are covered by an overhang, but every intimate. This park has the most affordable games of any other spring training games. So if you want to go to spring training game at a park with that old-fashioned baseball feel with great prices, and a really great opportunity to meet your favorite players, then look no further. Now, wouldn't your day be complete if you were able to get an autograph from one of your favorite players? Well, this park is one of the best places to get autographs, and the players are happy to give them to anyone that lines the walkway near the bullpens, which are located in the outfield corners next to each team's clubhouse, with the Pirates in the right and the visitors in the left. The best spot before and after the game is at the end of the grandstand section 22 for the Pirates and section 19 for the visiting team. The Tampa Bay Rays will be at the Charlotte Sports Park located in Port Charlotte, Florida for its third year. 
This was the Texas Rangers spring training facility for 15 years before it headed west for a bigger ballpark in Arizona. There have been extensive renovations done, and the Rays are now at this stadium. This stadium has 5,000 seats, grass seating, and party areas. A new suite level and group areas have been added as well. They also added a 360-degree boardwalk. This feature is great because it has concessions and you won't even ever miss the view of the game wherever you go in the whole stadium. This stadium also has a kids area and even a kids concession stand. Besides just the spring training, this stadium houses a state-of-the-art Rays training complex. The Charlotte Sports Park is also used during the year by the county for concerts, youth sports, recreation, and community events. If you're looking for an autograph before the game, they are limited. If you wait until after the game, then you have a lot better chance. Both teams' clubhouses are in the right field and the players have to walk down that line to get to them. You can also try the grandstand section beyond the first base dugout, as this is also another good spot to get a signature. If you exit the stadium and make your way over to the right field corner at the batting cage building, the Rays players ex exiting the batting cage area will sign for fans at the fence next to them, and you might even get, a, get to have a chat with one of the players, because few fans will be over there. The Toronto Blue Jays will have their 35th season of spring training at Florida Auto Exchange Stadium in Dundon, Florida. This stadium has gone through many renovations, but now has 5,510 seats and a new electronic scoreboard, two half fields, batting tunnels, and lots of concessions. The stadium sits in a quiet neighborhoods, but I bet the fans can make it very loud. Something neat you won't find at any other stadiums is that before the game is the national anthem as well as the Canadian anthem, they are both sung before the games. If you're looking for an autograph from one of the Blue Jays players, then get there before the game and hang out near the clubhouse down the right field line. The visiting players will sign autographs for fans gathered in a rectangular fenced-in area across from their bullpen. They will also sign there after the game on their way to the visitors' clubhouse. Blue Jay players will also sign after the game in scattered areas between the clubhouse and their dugout. The Washington Nationals will be attending their ninth year in Space Coast Stadium in Vieira, Florida. There is a space theme to this stadium because it is located next to the Kennedy Space Center. The stadium opened in 1994 and has 5,348 seats and is painted in the red, white, and blue colors of the Nationals team. They have stadium seating as well as bleacher and grass seats. As fans enter the park, they are greeted by a U.S. space shuttle model that is dedicated to the pioneers in space exploration. The stadium's foul poles are covered with memorials to the two space shuttles disasters, Columbia in the left and Challenger in the right. The main scoreboard is in left field was hand-operated until 2008, and then it was replaced by a newly updated video scoreboard. 
Fans in the left field berm are able to stand behind or beside the visitor's bullpen. The Nationals' bullpen is down the right field line where the grandstand ends. You should have a pretty good chance to get an autograph at this location. A couple of narrow walkways near the dugout at field level are dedicated as the pre-game autograph section where players sign during warm-ups. You're listening to Voice America Kids. I'm Kylie, and our topic today is on the spring training facilities for many teams. I'll be continuing on the Washington National Stadium. If you're a fan of the visiting team that goes to the Washington National Stadiums, it is said that you should head outside the stadium and stand along the five-inch fence that follows the sidewalk leading the players from the visitor's clubhouse beneath the first base grandstand to their waiting bus. The closer you are to the double glass doors, the better chance you have to get an autograph. The next stadium is Joker Merchant Stadium in Lakeland, Florida. It is home to the Detroit Tigers. They have been in Lakeland since 1934 and at this stadium since 1966 when it opened. It had an original capacity of 4,900. It was originally built for $360,000 in 1966, but has had many renovations with one in 2003 for $10 million, adding berm in the left field. The stadium has two scoreboards, the main one in the right center with a video board and a tiny one to the left that resembles the Cactus League scoreboard. The Tiger Town complex behind the outfield includes six practice fields. Fields one through four are in the shape of a cloverleaf. The other two fields are named after Tiger player legends. Many people watch practices from within the complex. However, fans can watch by standing behind the outfield fences of practice fields two and three. If you are interested in getting autographs at this stadium, then the Tigers players will sign them for fans that are gathered in the box seats between the Tigers clubhouse and the dugout before and after the game. There is little chance of getting the visitors team's autograph because they are usually cut across the field. After the game, you can head over to the right field corner and take a chance on one of the Tigers players coming out of the clubhouse. There are currently 15 major league teams training at 10 different stadiums in Arizona. This will begin our next portion portion of the Cactus League spring training. This year, the new stadium, there is a new stadium being built for the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies to share. It will be called Salt River Fields at Talking Stick. The stadium is going to cover 140 acres and seat up to 11,000 people. With this new stadium, the idea is to be up close to your favorite team's players and watch them practice before their season begins. This new stadium will host all of the teams in the Cactus League at least once, so this will be the premier place to go if you want the best experience to see your teams. I know I will definitely go here. My favorite team is hometown team for me, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm so excited to see this new stadium. It is also located next to Talking Stick Resort and Casino. The park is the first spring training facility to be built on Indian land in the nation. 
The complex will showcase the history and cultural values of the Pima and Maricopa Indian tribes. Where can you get autographs at this new park? Well, the officials at Salt River Fields have released a statement that says, guests are permitted to seek autographs from players along the railing between sections 101 through 104 and 120 through 123 up to 40 minutes prior to the game or until the end of batting practice, whichever comes first. Also, according to the Arizona Republic, the Diamondbacks intend to have a designated spot in left field near the clubhouse where players can meet with fans and sign autographs. There's no word yet on whether the Rockies will do the same. I can't wait to see this new stadium. Going to a game out there during spring break is certainly at the top of my list, and I'll be definitely going over to the autograph areas. At the Campbellback Ranch in Glendale, Arizona, there are the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Chicago White Sox. It is the largest of the spring training facilities in the Cactus League, with 13,500 seats, 14 practice fields, and a two-acre lake. For Dodger fans, it is just a one-hour plane ride or a five-hour car ride away, so it is very accessible. The complex is on 141 acres, which includes a 1,300-foot lake and has practice diamonds that include the replica Dodger Stadium field and has walking paths. I will continue after the break that we're going to take now. I'm Kylie. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back, to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. 
The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune into the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here. And because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Thank you, and welcome back to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie, and my topic today is on the Cactus League and Grapefruit League spring training homes for all of these teams. I'm now going to continue with the Goodyear Ballpark. It brings two Ohio teams to you. It brings you the Cleveland Indians, who are the 2010 National League Central Division champs, and the Cincinnati Reds, who will return for their second season of spring training in Arizona at this park. The park is an $108 million park with 10,000 seats, which includes lawn seats and lots of parking. This park consists of 185 acres for a variety of in- uses, included, including practice fields and clubhouses. This stadium has great features, like the largest jumbotron in the Cactus League and many family-friendly activities, like a wiffle ball field and a mini baseball diamond to practice your skills. This is not a great stadium for getting autographs, though. But when the Cleveland Indians play at home, some players will sign down the right field line. If the visiting players sign, they would do so near the tarp down the left field line. When the Reds play at home, they would sign down the left field line, and the visitors would sign down the right field line. So, if you want autographs at this park, the right field line would be your better option. Next is the Ho-Ho-Com Stadium in Mesa, and it is the winter home of the Chicago Cubs. This park is Major League Baseball's most popular spring training venue, with 240,000 people attending every March. It has over 13,000 seats and has the largest scoreboard in the whole Cactus League. Mesa is the Cubs' 14th spring training site since 1900. Hohokam Park has a practice field, 
a practice infield, four batting tunnels, and a two-level bullpen. This is a park with a lot of fan interaction. For instance, an audience member is chosen to lead the seventh inning stretch is take me out to the ball game for the crowd to join in. And for all you Cub fans out there looking for an autograph from some of your favorite Cubs players, this is not a good park to do it at. Sometimes a, a Cubs player will sign before the game near their dugout. Both teams have tunnels located in their dugout, which make it easier for them to avoid the diehard fans. If you wait until after the game, you might have a better chance when many of the Cubs will sign autographs once they've showered and changed into their street clothes. The best place to be for this is at the end of the first base grandstand near the Cubs clubhouse store, where many players will come out before heading to their parking lot in the right field corner. Here's recent news for all of you Cub fans out there. These are some of the last years to visit this site to see the Cubs train and play. A proposal to build a new $99 million spring training facility passed, so in 2013, you will be able to see them train at their new facility in Mesa. That will be just a few miles away from this old one. Tickets for the Cub games go fast, so make sure you get them early. Maryville Baseball Park is home of the Milwaukee Brewers. This park has approximately 8,000 seats, which does not include the lawn seats, and is the smallest of all the Arizona spring training stadiums. Although small, it is relaxed, spacious, and airy, and at this stadium, you will get to watch a great baseball game. With the stadium being smaller, you also get to get closer to the field and to the players. You might get to see some comedy at the park as well, because in between innings, there are sausage races, where various sausages race down the field. This event is a big hit, and all you fans won't want to miss it. This park is a difficult part to obtain autographs from the Brewers due to the park setup, but it's easier to get autographs from the visiting teams. For the visiting team, it is best to head over to the game 30 minutes prior to the first pitch and head over to sections 114, 116, or 118, as many players will sign down the left field line between the bullpen and their dugout. If you want to try and get a Brewer's signature, try section 113 next to the home dugout. You will have better luck during and after the game if you gather on the concourse down the right field line near the Brewer's clubhouse, because once the players are taken out of the game, a lot of them will sign at the fence. After the game, you might find a few Brewers players walking through the crowds and heading over to the minor league clubhouse, and this is another great opportunity to get an autograph. Peoria Stadium is next and is a $28 million complex and the winter home of the Seattle Mariners and the San Diego, San Diego Padres. It was the first two-team facility built in the country and is still thought of as one of the best. It is also a fan favorite and it has over 11,000 stadium seats, indoor and outdoor batting tunnels, and cages. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Kylie. I am now going to continue on the Peoria Stadium, which has the Seattle Mariners and the San Diego Padres. This stadium sits on 145 acres 
and has 12 practice fields, six for each team. It is a very family-friendly stadium with lots of restaurants, shops, entertainment, and hotels within walking distance. The Phoenix Municipal Stadium, or Phoenix Muni, or Phoenix Muni as it is known throughout Arizona, has been the winter home to the Oakland A's since 1982. On March 8, 1964, the first spring training game was played in which the Giants beat Cleveland 6-2. The first home run at this park was hit by Willie Mays in front of a crowd of 8,582. This stadium is another family-friendly stadium, which holds 8,775 people, which includes 8,000 seats as well as grassy area seats with picnic areas and shaded seating. A trademark of the park is its accordion roof and its administrative building covered in stone, referred to as the Rock House. The stadium is also the first air-conditioned stadium. There's a speed pitch booth for anyone to practice their wicked fastball, and if you've ever wanted to be an announcer, this stadium has officials that will pick people in the audience to read weather reports of the frigid states while you enjoy a great baseball weather season. The best place to get autographs at this stadium is being both bullpens, which are down the foul lines. At this park, there is only two feet that separates the fans from the benches that the A's players sit on. The A's fans should try and find a spot in sections 27 or 29, and the visiting team's fans should be in sections 26 or 28. These are not only good places for autographs, but you can also hear conversations between pitchers and the coaches during the pregame bullpen sessions. How exciting would that be to listen to your favorite players have a conversation and possibly get an autograph? Usually, you would want to hang out near the dugouts to get an autograph, but this park has poor access to the dugouts. If you have time to stick around about 20 minutes after the game, Players will come out of the clubhouse and board the bus. Many players now in, the sh in their street clothes will stop and give autographs to those who have waited around. The Scottsdale Stadium is the winter home to the 2010 World Series champs, the San Francisco Giants. It is located on the edge of Old Town Scottsdale. This location is one of the most popular spring training locations. It is one of the most upscale stadiums and has approximately 11,000 seats, which are made up of stadium seats, bleacher seats, and the lawn, which is a fan favorite at this location. Parking is limited here, so get there early or be prepared to walk aways. If you're interested in autographs from the Giants players or the visitors, both teams' starting players will start signing within 30 minutes of the game, starting next to their dugouts. Giants fans should hang out around sections 118 while visiting players pick and choose spots down the left field line. You can obtain autographs after the game from visiting pitchers who have to walk close to the stands to get back to their dugout. After the game, you can enjoy Old Town Scottsdale by walking a short distance to many nice restaurants, shops, and art galleries. And I went to a game there a few years ago, and I have to say it was pretty fun. The players would sign autographs, and it was really nice, and they're just so kind to you. 
it's definitely a great place to be. The Surprise Stadium is the winter home to the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers. The facility opened in 2003 and is one of the newer and more modern stadiums. It has an old-fashioned roof to remind us of how old the sport of baseball is. It has 10,500 seats and six practice fields and a half field for each team. Along the right field concourse, there is fun for families with the mini wiffle ball field and mini carousel free of charge. There are lots of concession stands to feed any appetite, even the biggest ones. If you love baseball and want to see a spring training game but don't want to leave your dog at home, then you have to come on the day of Surprise Stadium's Dog Days. For the whole day, you and your furry friend can go watch the game together, surrounded by other families with their pets. If you're a fan of the visiting team, you should arrive about an hour and a half before the game begins and find a spot in section 101 and 102, which is directly behind home plate alongside the tunnel, themselves directly behind home plate and alongside the tunnel that is cut into sections 101 and 102. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Behind the Line. I am Kylie Ferris, and this is Voice America Kids. That's the end of Regulation Play. Join us next week for another edition of Behind the Line, an insider's look at sports from a kid's point of view. We'll see you next week on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.